Welcome and great to have you join us as we go off script with Sam Monk, Senior Leader of Equippers Church. Enjoy today's podcast. Well, welcome along to Off Script with Sam Monk. Uh, we're talking about leadership lessons, what has worked, what hasn't, and everything in between. And on today's episode, uh, we've got Pastor Sam here, but today we're also joined with uh, Pastor Bruce, who is actually Sam's father and uh, been a pastor in the church, led the church, the movement for a number of years. But we're excited to have you with us here today, Bruce. Thank you. Good to have you along and talking through some of, some of your journey. Um, and uh, really, I guess from the outset, over the next couple of podcasts, we'll be opening up a few yeah. topics with, with both of you guys. But good. from the outset, it'll be good, Pastor Bruce, just to hear, I guess, a bit of your journey. Where did your journey start? Where did all this, where did all this come from? Uh, where did you first encounter God? How did all that happen? Um, so really looking back, you know, I never really as a younger person growing up ever think about uh, I'd ever become a pastor. Always my ancestors uh, always dreamed and were farmers and so that was my desire. Always wanted to follow that path in my life so gave my heart to Christ when I was 12 and uh, that was a pretty good commitment but my teenage years were not really particularly Christ-like, <laughs> as I look back. Um, got involved in what you call young farmers, and so that involved alcohol, involved, um, you know, the typical scene of a young farming generation in New Zealand. Uh, then at the age of um, 21, I had a serious car accident through too much alcohol, and that was a major turning point in my life because, in a way, I came away from that uh, car accident knowing that I'd been spared by God because it was quite severe um, and I should have really been killed. I should have really had no legs because of the severity of the accident. Wow. Uh, so then came home, really looked at uh, my life and thought, what an idiot. Um, and Didn't the nurse call you an idiot? <laughs> no, no, the doctor called me a bloody idiot. And so out of that, uh, I'd really uh, connected again with my wife, Helen, uh, uh, proposed to her not long after, uh, got married when um, uh, we were, she was 20 and I was 22. Uh, and it wasn't long after that that we made really quite a powerful commitment to serve Christ. And that was with no intention of ministry. Uh, I was really blessed because my father at that point, I was working for him. And he came to the point of uh, had to build another house on the farm. And so I was a, always an opportunist. Um, and I just said, well, instead of building a house, why don't you make that money available and help me to buy a farm? And I'd always been a diligent saver, so I had a lot of money stacked away in those days, but he helped me to buy a farm. And so instead of taking Helen through the door of a house, I opened the gate of a farm and said at that stage, which house do you want to live in? Because it had two houses on it. And that was the beginning of our journey as a married couple. But as I said, not long after that, really committing our lives to Christ. And uh, that became a really powerful part of our journey together. So really, I think it was six months after being married, we were married in the 
August, I think it was the January, going to a church, Anglican church, preacher preached, first time I'd ever heard in an Anglican church, the gospel preached, um, and made, went home and uh, Helen said, well, we're either all for God or nothing. And in my heart, that was a, just a defining moment. I said, I'm all for God. Yeah. yeah, so a big shift also, you know, from, coming from a generational, <laughs> generations of farmers uh, to uh, a place where you actually sold the farm <laughs> and um, stepped out into ministry. There was a big move. Um, you know, your father also had some heart attacks and he passed away early on. But you want to just open up, you know, that whole thing of uh, actually leaving farming yep. to uh, actually pursue uh, the leadership call on your life. So that was really an important part. I look at, you know, what you learn as a farmer. The two things I'd say I learnt was um, very conceptual by nature, so I wanted a farm that really worked simply. And so I look back and say that was a great learning platform. The second thing I learnt is that as a farmer, you sow a seed today, but you don't reap uh, for sometimes two years, three years, four years. And so that was the principle. And so I think, in a way, I learned a patience through farming. But then out of it, my dad, he, he would come out, and he, I really learned something from him. Um, and I reflect that in the book that I've written is... Um, oh, by the way, we've got to mention the book, yeah. Pave the Way. <laughs> it's taken some years to actually produce this, and it's a little bit of your story. Yeah, it's so, a bit yeah. of my story, and it's, um, I go through, especially the part with my father, he, um, he would come out to the farm and he would ask me, oh, what do you want me to do today? And so you've got to remember, here I am, 22, 23, 24 years of age. He knew that I was probably really not really uh, I was skilled but not uh, you know young age just sort of need a guiding hand he never ever came to enforce but he came to serve and I just reflect back on that now and uh, you know you'd sit and sometimes I, I look back and I would sit on a tractor tire and here was my dad there and we were talking away and I'd always come away and I think you cunning old dog, you just told me off. <laughs> but he d always did it in a serving sort of nice way because he was really interested in the development of me rather than trying to tell me what to do. Um, and so I really learned from him. And then, you know... the So would you say that's been, you know, a key ethos in how you've led? Yeah, I would say it was the beginning of an ethos of learning. Uh, Personality-wise, uh, quite strong, can be overbearing, but learning to serve was really uh, an, an important part of my journey. Um, and so a defining moment was really, uh, it was called to five, I remember the time, in the morning, bringing the cows in, and uh, I remember just kneeling in the middle of a dirty old cow track and really making a commitment to Christ that I'd do whatever he called me to do. Starting to feel at that point that God was calling me into some form of ministry, not really knowing what that would look like. But every now and again, I actually still go back to the farm. Uh, I did it two years ago. And uh, so the farm now is um, divided up into lifestyle blocks. And so it's got a track that goes right, a road that goes up the middle, and I go back and I kneel in the same place. I can still kneel in that same place. And one of the things I do, one of the reasons I do it is, one, I never want to forget what I felt that morning mm, as a good leadership principle. And secondly, I never want to forget what I committed to that morning. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. 
And I believe that out of that commitment, I really said, okay, God, I'll sell this farm and give it all to whatever you direct me to. So what and, age were you when that um, I was probably 25, I think, 26. Um, and you've got to remember, I was quite prosperous up to that point. I could buy a new car every year and pay cash for it. So, so it was a prosperity moment. Uh, I was good at what I did, so the cow, uh, the farm was a high-producing farm per cow per acre, and uh, so I was successful. My vat literally overflowed with milk, and so, um, and uh, and that came off the back of reading. Um in Malachi, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it came off. So no one ever told me to tithe. I just was really diligent in reading my Bible, read Malachi. I said, tithing, what's that? And so I just started to tithe in the Anglican Church. The treasurer, one I was in part of a meeting, and the treasurer was embarrassed by someone giving a whole lot of money to the church. They'd never had anyone tithe before. (laughs) And I realised it was me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But always very diligent in developing those, what I call life long principles that really hold you instead in your Christian journey. And so then God literally said... So, I would, but going back, the, as a result of that, the vat overflowed? They overflowed. So it was uh, July, and I had to put um, fill up buckets, and so I had all these buckets full of milk because the vat was about to overflow, and so I came in. And then I looked at the tanker driver because I was so thrilled, you know, that this had happened, and so the tanker driver pulls up. And he says, wow, what's happened here? And, uh, and then he said, can I show you? I shouldn't do this. But he said, your, your cows are producing as much milk as a person who's got double the size herd up the road. And it was just, a, it was just an amazing journey. But, you know, you look at it and that was, uh, you know, that was your journey at the time. But really yeah, when but, you... But that journey, you know, because I, I heard that story and... Uh, you know, being one of uh, one of your children, um, we were taught when we got pocket money. I think it was fifty cents at the start. <laughs> that five cents was God's, and so you know, right through my life, yeah. I've never struggled with the principle because yeah. of the testimony of yeah. what happened yeah. um, as a result of you embracing that principle from an early age. And, and just was, I, I look back, it was a, to, to me, it was just God honoured in every part of our life. He's just honoured that. A, obedience to give and uh, the wonderful thing in marriage when you've got a partner who really understands and walks with you and then it just came to the point one day the Holy Spirit just spoke to both Helen, well spoke to me I would share it with Helen I said I think we need to sell the farm and give half of it away and uh, neither of us finished just immediately we just uh, did that and so that was an important journey in our life and so I look back now and I probably equate that to well in the millions of dollars yeah, <laughs> at the yeah. time it just sort of if I said the figure now it wouldn't probably mean a lot but it meant a lot at those at that time and yeah. so mm. that, and that's an incredible journey and even just hearing God actually called you from a point of success mm. you know it wasn't like you were going through a tough time and went seeking for what God yeah. is actually because it can be easy at times I guess to you could have seen the favour God was giving you in farming and gone, oh, well, that must be what God's called me to do. And, and, the, and the interesting thing is I always dreamt of having a dairy farm, beef farm and a sheep farm. And one came on the market and I went and had a look at it and I was driving along the road and the Holy Spirit just clearly spoke to me and said, 
You can buy it, because I could. Yeah. I could afford to buy it. But that's not the destiny I have. Wow. And I can show you exactly that spot where the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Wow. And uh, so those are defining moments for me. Because a big part of that, obviously, I imagine, because obviously God was speaking clearly to you, but people looking at you would have seen the success you have and the favour you have in farming. Yeah. So I imagine the decision to walk away would have caused a lot of people to question or ask why or wonder why, especially, especially if you had family that didn't know Especially in God. our environment, you know, our environment was, um, there, there were not a lot of what you call born-again Christians in that environment. So there was persecution, religious nutter, you know, <laughs> all that sort of language that was uh, given out. But the hardest part was really my father because he had paid the price for me to get there and to go to him and tell him that I was now uh, giving up farming and going into ministry was, uh, you know, for him quite a big thing. But what I did was I actually initially put my brother-in-law as, on as a share milker and that helped pave the way <laughs> <laughs> uh, for him so to, 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 to embrace it because in a way it wasn't being completely lost. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But in your family, um, through you making a decision, a lot of other people came to faith Yeah, well. so... so um, Helen was really instrumental initially uh, with my one of my sister-in-laws, and so 22 members of our family, close family, gave their hearts to Christ in a, wow. in a two-year period, and three of my siblings became pastors. Uh, no, two, sorry. Um, no, were my brother-in-law as well, so three, and so um, and just to see, you know, that that moment, that legacy, it was just pretty powerful what God did and you celebrate that and are always very thankful. Yeah. yeah. And so from a small rural town of Otaki, yeah. um, uh, impacting nations of the world, uh, you know, it's a big journey from the kneeling on the <laughs> in the rut of a <laughs> dirty cow track. <laughs> cow track, yeah, <laughs> to, um, you know, planting churches in London. Yeah and uh, having influence in many different nations around the world. Yeah. So, so when, when I look now, and I think the greatest uh, area of grace which developed farming was the conceptual side for me, yeah. is I always wanted to have a dairy farm that ran smoothly, productively, and was in a way uncomplicated. And I developed that. And that's how I, when God called me, that's how I've approached ministry and to sing, wow, you know, as it unfolded, what could God do if we just uh, followed his direction and kept things simple and uh, break, break it down and then see what God could build up. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us on this episode of Offscript with Sam Monk. And uh, good to have you with us, Pastor Bruce. And we're going to continue on the conversation in the next podcast and start unpacking more of, I guess, what came next after you left the farm and the journey around planting churches and leading movements. And otherwise, uh, we hope you enjoyed this and uh, we'll catch you next episode with Offscript with Sam Monk. Thanks for listening to Offscript with Sam Monk. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure you pass it on. We love your feedback, so drop us a line about what topics you'd like to hear about on Offscript with Sam Monk.